Welcome back to the Thought Police. It's episode three. three. It's Matt Kelly, editor of the New European, and me, Mike Graham, talk radio host for my sins, amongst other things. Um, it's the end of an era, isn't it? We haven't got a prime end minister. End of an era, yeah. End of an era, very good. Let's yeah. see what you did there. Babouche. Theresa May is no more. Yeah. Um, I don't think we're going to miss her, do you? I think she is. Um, I think she's uniquely awful as a mm. prime minister, and I'll tell you. I'll tell you specifically why I think that. I think even prime ministers in the past who have screwed things up magnificently, you know, like the, over Suez or yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Lord North and the colonies, you know, giving the colonies yeah. away to it, losing America, uh, Cameron uh, um, coming back. Cameron, you know, of course, was the who, but funnily enough, Cameron, right, as far as I was concerned, until the moment he decided to have this Euro referendum, yeah. I was actually saying to people, and you might laugh at this, I was actually saying to people, you know, this guy could go down as one of the greatest prime ministers we've ever had. <laughs> yeah. I'm not joking. Well, no, I, because I, mean, I can sort of see why yeah, you think that. He was then, kind yeah. of steering yeah. quite a, yeah. what I thought was quite a healthy yeah. sort of way through the, the crazy people from both sides of the Tory party. Yeah. You know, he was not that different from Tony Blair, yeah. who politically speaking, aside from Iraq, I thought was a very astute politician. Definitely. And I thought Cameron is... Um, actually doing quite a good job. Well, he gave and the impression of knowing what he yeah. was doing, didn't he? Yeah. And he literally shot himself in, in the, the head. Face, yeah, yeah. So, but even all that. So my my point on Theresa May, why she's different to all of those people, is that even Cameron, they all thought that they were doing the right thing at the mm. time. They all thought that what they were doing was going to make Britain somehow yes. a better place. Right. Theresa May, to my knowledge, is the only prime minister in history who has knowingly in her mind, set forth on a course of action she knows will damage the country mm. economically. You yeah. know, no question. And and which 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 course do you mean, though? Do you mean Brexit altogether? I mean, or just Brexit the way altogether. that she did it? No, I mean Brexit altogether. You see, this is where you and I will have a disagreement because Good. I don't necessarily buy that because whenever I talk to the so-called experts, right, and you can find experts that will tell you anything, as you know, yeah. and I don't adhere to this principle that, you know, I don't believe anything any expert tells me. But what I do know is that you can find an expert to tell you any number of things. You can find businessmen who will say it's dangerous and, and damaging for us to leave the European Union. You can equally find others who will tell yeah. you it's not. Yeah. So but she I mean, campaigned for Remain. Yeah. She is a Remainer. She's a very cautious person. There's no way on God's earth that Theresa May would advocate leaving the European Union. No. Just on, on, on her cautious nature. Right. But because she was in this position, this silly sense of duty, and, and by the way, I couldn't care less how hard she works. You know, if she does 20 minutes a day and goes yeah, and yeah. play golf for the rest of the day right. or bridge, I couldn't care less. Right. So don't bore me about how resilient and hardworking and the sense yeah. of duty she has. Right. But she knowingly thought, okay, this is a bad situation, but I've got to see it through because of the will of the people. Yeah. And to me, and this is where we will disagree, 
we live in a parliamentary, a representative parliamentary democracy mm. where those guys are meant to look after us. Yeah. You know, and if we, the people, unknowingly or knowingly screw up, there should be a mechanism in parliament where we can be given a chance to readdress that. Yeah, but think what you just said there. You said where we have screwed up as yeah. if we've done something wrong. Yeah. Now, I would agree with you if, for example, we never ever had a referendum that the parliamentary democracy process that we have here is there to, to sort everything else out, right? Yeah. However, when they interrupt that process to say, actually, we've decided we're going to give you, the people, uh, the decision-making here, and we will then reenact that and enact exactly whatever it is that you want us to do yeah. as soon as we get that result. Yeah. You can't then turn around and go, oh, look, you've cocked it up. Yeah. You've made the wrong decision. You're all a bunch of morons. We're not going to do that. We're going to do this instead, this which is what they've done. This may surprise you, but I agree with everything mm. you've just said, apart from, the, apart from the inference where you think you, that I'm calling them morons, which I'm not. Yeah. In fact, quite the reverse. Well, you said they've screwed up. I think, yes, but we made, I think, and obviously this is my position, we made a bad decision based on bad information, bad data. And anyway, even if the data was good at mm. three years ago, we've now seen three years later that the consequences are pretty astronomical mm. right one way or the other yeah. whether you think it's going to be fantastic in 20 years yeah. or it's going to be a disaster in 20 years it's an enormous gamble and i my genuine uh, belief and this is where i will get stick from people is i you know people say oh you're saying they don't know what they voted for mm. and actually that is what i'm saying because i don't think anyone knew what they were voting for i don't think anyone could have predicted the way this has played out and said Three years later, that's what I thought was going no, to happen. No, I'm sure, I'm sure, and I'm sure that I would agree with you on that. There is yeah. no question that this has been handled badly, yeah. that it has been badly prepared, that it has been badly um, predicted. Yeah. All of those things that are now um, means for which we should say we should never leave are, for me, the failure of our political system more than um, anything else. Because I think you and I have had this conversation before about where I don't believe that my life needs to be governed by politicians. I don't believe that my wealth and my health and my happiness and my entire kind of um, intransigent way of living has got anything to do with whoever's in power. But well, you're in a very lucky, privileged position. You say you? that. But you are. You, you've, you've got it. Your whole career and mine to an extent mm. is based on, you know, being able to articulate controversial opinions, to be able to have a conversation. You know, these are... These are skills at the sharp edge I, I'm thinking of the people in you know especially in the northeast of England for instance who voted I think because of these domestic failures yeah and blaming the European Union for well, it well you can't tell me though that they haven't um, thought about that because when they voted in 2016 to leave which they did in massive numbers yeah. they then had another chance to have a think about that in the most recent European elections. And guess what? Yeah. They voted to leave again, massively, in favour yeah. of the Brexit Party. Yeah. The Labour Party came second in the northeast of England, in the region, right? Yeah. That means that nobody cares what the Labour Party thinks, and they still, despite the fact that the last two years they've been told by people like you and Alistair Campbell and others that they've made a mistake because they didn't know what they were doing, how come they're still voting to leave then? Well, I think that's a very good question. Yeah. And, it's a very, and the answer's not simple. Mm. Uh, and to... And I know you're not trying to do this, but to make the argument reductive and to say that there is a simple conclusion to any of this is, is a mistake. My, my feeling is that people are angrier than ever at Westminster. Yes. They were angry in 2016 and they are angry now. Mm. The message Farage gets across brilliantly and it resonates, it resonates to everybody is that 
Westminster is a self-serving screw-up mm. and needs changing yeah. in some regard. Yeah. Some fundamental regard. I believe that. Yeah. You know, I, my problem with Farage is the the way he seeks to deal with that that problem. But I think the message that you are getting conned, they are betraying you, you've been ripped off, you voted for that, you're not going to get it, you've been let down, it's a stitch-up, that's a very resonant message. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't, to me, take away from my argument, which is that it's not a stitch-up. It's actually the man who caused the problem, in large part, is the man who now comes to, like the cavalry over the hill, saying, let me fix it, mm. Nigel Farage. Now, I, so I think... The three years we've had, anybody who's sitting there thinking genuinely that there's been some sort of cynical conspiracy in Westminster and certainly in the government to, to block Brexit, I think that's wrong. I think if they could have found a way through Brexit, they would have done. There's enough people in the middle who just want it over with and done. Well, let's, but, look, at, well, let's look at what actually we know now, yeah. because you say that we didn't know an awful lot about what we were voting for, which I'm not sure is true. Certainly things have changed, yeah. but you can't look into a crystal ball. I mean, when you vote in a general election, for example, you don't know when two years down the road comes and there's some kind of bank crash that your mortgage price has gone through the roof. Yeah. Nobody predicted that back in the day when we went into negative equity. But how you much know, did we talk about Ireland? How much did we talk I don't about remember talking about Ireland at all. Nothing. No. And, that, and yet that has become the issue that has defined the problem. But I see, I'm a great believer in very clever people don't normally act stupid, okay? Mm. But we are supposed to now believe that all of these politicians didn't think about the Irish backstop situation either. And I don't believe that. I prefer to believe that there are people in Westminster who don't want to leave the European Union, not because they're in the pay of the European Union, not because yeah. they are no. intrinsically but bound, they think it's a good project. but they think it's a good thing. Yeah. And I think that there are people in politics as well who detest the idea that the public have a say. And they think it was a mistake. Yeah, you're not saying that that was planted as a kind of thing to get us out of jail. If they, if the nation voted to get out well, of Europe, that Ireland would become this well, failsafe. When, when you consider that Theresa May had an option earlier on in the negotiations to take a kind of common market style deal, yeah. which was what we joined in the first place yeah. in the 70s, and she rejected that yeah. on the grounds that she wanted instead to have a firmer kind of customs union agreement, some form of trade deal that was never going to be, to be rescinded. You're telling me that they never thought about Northern Ireland? I honestly don't think that they, they did. And I honestly well, think that's you, quite terrifying. I honestly think you give them too much credit when mm. he's called them clever and intelligent people. Yeah. And I think when Theresa May came out and threw all these red lines on the table very early on, mm. she was cutting her own throat without knowing it. Yeah. And she, she didn't look ahead. She didn't see the consequences. Because, I mean, honestly, how could you... How could you... I mean, and, and also, the problem about Ireland is not just about the technology of the border. It, the problem of Ireland is the fact, and this is what a lot of people miss, is that the only reason the Good Friday peace agreement has worked is that it gave both sides of the border a sense of, of victory. It gave the, the Catholics in Northern Ireland the sense that it was access to the Republic was completely free, and it gave the Unionists the sense that there was still a distinction. Mm. Now, you close the border and you then pen in the Catholics again and this is where the trouble will start it's not about can we get 
goods over with a scanner in the sky, you know. Yeah, but I mean, I'm also troubled by the fact that, as with all of these European arguments, we are presented with a fait accompli which tells you that this is the way it will have to be. Nobody wants a hard border across Ireland, right? The Southern Irish in the Republic do not want it. The Northern Irish don't want it. The British government doesn't want it. The EU doesn't want it. it. Nobody wants it. So why would you think that we would have to have it? But you have to have one if you have got a different customs regulations on one yeah, side Yeah, but you don't have to have different customs regulations. But then you're in the EU. This no, is the argument. No. This is the argument. I know it is, but it's yeah. not the only argument. And then this you is have, my point. It's not yeah. the only argument. Okay, okay, so you can have your customs regulation drawn down the middle of the Irish Sea, and you can say all of Ireland abides basically by the European... But the DUP will not stick with that, and Theresa May, because she isn't clever, mm. as you suggested had an election, presented herself as a presidential yeah. character well, let me rephrase. and got battered in the election. Without wishing to sound really conspiratorial, let me rephrase <laughs> how this could have happened, OK? Go on, go Not on. because Theresa May's all that smart, but because the people who are doing the deals... And I remember seeing one of these guys, who I'd never seen before, being interviewed, and he was billed as a former EU negotiator, right? Yeah. This guy was about as pro-European as you could get. These were the people who were probably drawing up the conversational documents, the people who were drawing up the positions that people were going to adopt, the people who were advising the ministers. These are the people I'm talking about who leave no fucking stone unturned no matter what they do, right? They always know what all the possible frameworks are. I mean, I was doing GCSE um, IT with my son the other night, revision, right? And even they were talking about health and safety provisions for when you're writing a script, when you're going on, on a set, even they were talking about, you know, making sure you've got all your ducks in a row. Are you going to tell me that nobody in the whole civil service of this entire nation no, I'm not thought that. about Ireland? I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is I don't know. All mm. I'm saying to you is that nobody discussed it. And nobody... And are you saying that everybody before the election had a good, considered no. view on the customs union, on no, the single market? No, absolutely not. You know, but, but these I, are the but key I think, issues, yes, yes, they are. And there's no question that people voted sort of with their hearts more than with their heads. I don't disagree with that. However, what I would say to you is that I don't think anybody has changed their view. I mean, I've been blocked by various MPs for various reasons. But one particular MP, Steve Doughty, blocked me. He's a Labour MP for Cardiff because he had a row with me on the radio because he said to me, I've got thousands of emails from loads of my constituents who've changed their minds, right. who voted to leave, and, you said and now they vote. And I said, let me see them then. <laughs> yeah. Let's read a few of them out. Yeah. And, he, and he's the never bear, been bear, able to do so. Yeah. Never okay. been able to do so because okay. they don't exist. Okay. And I hear it from loads of politicians yeah. who say, but I have not heard one caller to my show. I've never heard one person in the world so say that I voted... Uh, to leave, but now I wish I hadn't. So in that instance, right, this is what I fundamentally don't get. And this is where I think, by the way, the trajectory of the conversation may change in a rather dramatic way, is if you believe that, mm. and if Nigel Farage believes that, and believes that... Leave and if Peterborough is yes, an indication, right? Yes, gives 40% massive mm. landslide to yeah, the Brexit yeah. party. If that all that happens, wouldn't you... As Nigel Farage be saying, let's put this thing to bed once and for all, go back, ask them again. And because if, uh, let me tell second you. Second referendum. Second referendum. Yeah. On the record, I'll say right now, if there was a second referendum and the British population voted to leave, yeah. the new European would, would cease to have a, a reason to exist. Yeah. Because the whole point of the new European is to say, with following this argument, and but if you do have a considered opinion and you still decide to mm. leave, I'm not going to stand against that. I'll always argue that I think the European Union is a good project. But are you but not sure 
how sure can you be, though, that we would not just have the same argument? Because all that would then happen mm. is you'd have more people going, well, this is too difficult to do. Uh, what do you mean? When you said leave, how do we leave? Yes, but, it would have to be a very specific but these question. Are, but these are the fundamental... If we can't, listen, if we can't answer those questions, mm. how do we get well, say for example, we leave? Well, say, say, for example, you said, right, OK, here's the deal. Forget about Theresa May's deal. I mean, she's gone... The whole deal doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah. So say we say um, leave the European Union with no deal yeah. versus remain. Yes. Now, there will be people who are on the side of Brexit who would say, well, that's not fair. Totally. I agree with that. Because people who want to leave the European yeah. Union with a deal yeah. might not vote to, for no deal. I agree. So if you take no deal off yeah. the table, what's the question? So, so my answer to that, and, and you know, I don't know how possible this is, but I have seen it suggested elsewhere is that what you should have is a give everybody the chance between Theresa May's deal or whatever that becomes and no deal, right? So force the conversation. I would have to pick one of those two options, right? Right. If push came to shove, what is it? Do you want no deal or this deal? And then have a second question saying, okay, you, we know now that that's one. But now on the same want, paper or a second referendum or oh, another so, referendum? No, so, sorry, third referendum. This is, this is what Piers kind yeah, of yeah. choked on his coffee yeah. when I said this on GMTV. Right. What? You are three referendums! Yeah. No, but I mean, another mechanism, maybe on the same bit of paper, maybe afterwards, right. saying, okay, now that, the answer to that question versus remain. Yes. And I think to me, that forces everybody to consider, at least then everybody would have said, well, okay, I, I did actually vote for that. I think mm. it sucks, but I did have to vote for something right. and I voted for that. I've now got my opportunity to say, I still think Remain is better. Right. But I suspect actually if that happened, I think the Brexit people would win. I think enough people would pay attention, sit through, go through the arguments and say, do you know what? Maybe it's not the disaster we've been told. Uh, but we've got to do something. Yeah, because so, a lot of people are very upset as well since the referendum result by the way that the European uh, bureaucrats have behaved yeah. towards Britain. Well, you know, is, yeah. they haven't exactly been doing yeah. themselves any favours and making us feel welcome. Have but they? this is the one thing that I really don't blame them for. I mean, I, I've got a lot of problems with the way the European Union is run mm. at the top and the personalities. I think Claude Juncker is a an absolute shambles, yeah. you know, and... Uh, and I think uh, I mean Michelle, Tusk is relatively civilized. Tusk seems like I think, yeah, of, out of all of them, totally. And Michel Barnier, Barnier very aloof, and the Hofstadt or whatever and, his and, name and, is. And you know how these people are elected is yeah. very dubious. But anyway, I what I don't blame them for is for saying, okay, you chose to leave. Now you go about telling us how you want to do it. Yes. And if you have, and we have been singularly unable to tell them how we want to mm. to leave. We've put up a deal that Theresa May cannot get through Parliament. That's but if, not but if they were smarter, would they not have been better off going, look, we know that you had a referendum. We know that by a very small margin, uh, yeah. albeit four million people or yeah. whatever it is, yeah. uh, you voted to leave rather than to stay. But here's why we think you should rethink that. Yeah. And here's why totally. we think and you should have... And here's how we can help. Here's and how you know what? Change, if yeah. you don't like the way we run yeah. it, why don't you actually tell yeah. us what you would like to see changing? Yes. And that, because you and I well, talked about this in the first episode of the Thought Police. Yeah. If they'd gone about it a different way, we wouldn't have been adversary. We wouldn't have been, you know, punching each other yeah. and kicking each other and throwing, yeah. you know, crap at each other. Well, did you remember David Cameron went to them yeah. before the referendum, hoping to get a good deal yeah. and basically was laughed at yeah. and sent back. And that's, now, the that's problem. their fault. Their yeah. arrogance yeah. has caused an don't awful lot of this, that. right? And they haven't made it better. They've actually made it worse. Well, funnily enough, this this 
in my head, supports my rationale mm. as to why we should still be in there. Because... Well, because they're because, arrogant, horrible because, bullies. Uh, well, but, uh, yes, have a seat at that table. And Britain has got a good track record of bullying them back mm. and getting what we want and influencing the, the, uh, the direction of Europe. Now, we step away. What's going to happen? Europe, uh, France and Germany are going to steamroller through all sorts of things. Well, will be absolutely there are plenty of people who would disagree with that, but let's take a little break and find out who they are. See, the people who, for example, would be those who would say that France and Germany will steamroller ahead on their own. I saw a Tony Blair interview the other day, who's now kind of seen by many as the great Satan. You know, I'm not quite sure when that happened, you know. Um, but here's a guy who clearly has his own agenda. He thinks the European Union is a good thing. Yeah. His speech was basically all about how power is a very important thing to understand. And if you're in a room with power, you need to have some power as well. Yes. And you've probably seen this yourself. But he was talking about basically three countries being the power brokers of the future. And he said America, China, and the third one surprised me because he said India. And he purely right. based a lot of that on population, yeah. partly, but also because India is going through a massive modernization yeah. program. You know, um, people don't like us sending aid to them, yeah. but part of the reason we do that is because we want their business and all yeah. of that. But he also said, you know, then you're looking at the tall countries who might come up as sort of secondary tier powers. Yeah. And he was talking about places like Mexico, yeah. places like um, Indonesia, yeah. which has got a massive population, you know, those kinds of countries. Yes. And he said the danger for Britain is that if we leave the European Union, we will be somewhere down around about 10th or 12th. Totally. Because in Europe, the, the, the countries that can band, band together, um, like France and Germany, will be more of a force. Yeah. And Britain will basically be nowhere. Now, I get all that. Uh, a part of it I, I agree with, but as long as we are, for example, in NATO, as long as we are in um, the UN Security Council 5, yeah. I don't see that our power is in any way diminished, particularly if we can do a good deal with Trump mm. on trade, mm. particularly if we can do a good deal with China on trade, and particularly if we can do a good deal with India on trade. All of those things are possible, in my possible. view. But I think that we our, our main place in the world now is that bridge between America and Europe and seen as as a, a great influence and soft mm -hmm. power. You know, people talk about soft power a lot. Now, I, I haven't really thought about NATO and the Security Council, mm. uh, but I imagine that our place on will be on a sugly peg, as they say in Scotland. Yeah. You know, our coast will be on a, yeah. on a sugly peg because... You know, why are we there all of a sudden? You know, yeah, why we've always we, been there. Yes, I know we have. But then you would get those tall poppy countries saying, well, hang on a minute. Mexico saying, why Why is that little country to the left of Europe got a seat on these two enormously yeah. powerful That would be bodies. because we're not rung by the drug cartels. Well, not <laughs> yet, anyway. That would be my answer to them. You could sit down and yeah. shut up. Yeah. And I mean, Germany might complain that they're not in it as well. Yeah, I mean, they're not on the Security Council, no. yet France and Britain are. Yeah. Now, you might say... The UN Security Council is a waste of space, mm. but it's still kind of relevant. But I also, Mike, I also challenge the idea that we are going to get all these great free trade deals. You know, one they take forever, mm. but also, as, but you, as you just well, Canada took what eight years to do. Well, that's because they've been doing it with the EU. Yeah, but we're going to have to do one. With yeah, the but EU. we don't need the EU as much as they need us. Well, the, it's the important forty-three percent. No, the important, but something ridiculous yes. like you know 90% of companies that trade in Britain yes. do, not, do trade not trade with the, with the European yeah, Union that's because they're news agents or they're no, SMEs or no the, you know. well SMEs are the lifeblood of this country yeah, they are but I'm, you know people but, like me yes. are paying your taxes for you is that what you're that's doing that's what we're doing generating <laughs> income you know that. you have no idea how, you how, 
Well, I'm, I'm a, a limited company, yeah. Yes. I mean, so I don't get any help from the bloody government. Every no. year they want to tax me more. And these are the Tories. Yes. I mean, George Osborne did the least good for me of any chancellor in the history of chancellors. Just you personally. Me personally, he yeah. He singled you out. He yeah, did. bastard, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what a moron. Yeah. Now he's busy ruining the evening standard. But, you, but I mean, they do take a long time. Mm. And you said earlier about, you know, the ty- types of power. You go into a room yeah. and you've got to have power. What power? What? Where's our leverage now? That's what I don't understand. Yes, no, that's a good question. And I can't answer that question. Well, because we've got these leverage are... now with the European Union. Well, no, you see, I think we've got leverage now because we are Britain. Now, of course, yeah. we're in the European Union, but we're not historical members of anything. We yeah. are historically Britain. Yeah. Okay. And Great Britain had a footmark and a footprint all over the yeah. world. Yes, Sometimes does. people would say it wasn't a very pleasant footprint. But, you know, we were running the world, and I know that that's a hoary old phrase, but we were for a very long time, many, many years before Europe was even constructed. And in fact, you know, it's not that long ago, it's only a generation or so ago, um, that people in Europe were attacking us, right? So you've got to put all of that into the same mix. And I think to say that Britain is worthless and hopeless no, and useless that, that. without... You're doing, you see, you're doing this thing again. What? You're, I'm saying something fairly rational. <laughs> you're saying, no, what you just said is well, all, right. all okay. scum. Well, all right. What I'm saying to you is that you've more or less intimated that Britain without the European Union is not very powerful. Is a weaker place. Yes. Well, uh, no, well, you mean more than that, though. You mean it's not just yes. a weaker place. I do. It I will mean, not have a seat. something strong. Yes, yeah. it will have the... It will no longer deserve to have a seat at the big table. Yeah. Now, I don't agree with that, because in principle, Britain is still regarded, I think, historically, as one of the oldest democracies in the world, yeah. one of the greatest manufacturing bases in the world for really? lots of things. Really? Yeah, of course. Well, hang on, take those two things. I right. mean, in terms of the oldest democracy in the world, yeah. people, now we have a very... people look at us like an absolute democratic yeah. basket case. And, and as for manufacturing, you yeah. know, 75% of our exports are in services now, and... You know, we have a very good skilled workforce, though, as no well. And that's why all these car companies are coming here. from the European Union. Well, no, that's not true either. I well, mean, the people who have come here from the European Union are very good at pouring coffee and are very oh, good no. at working well, in the NHS. Yes. And I've, you know, but these are not particularly skilled jobs. I'm talking about the kind of manufacturing where cars are manufactured, which are, yeah. you know, where planes are manufactured. I mean, you probably have glossed over the fact that Airbus have now said, actually... We're probably going to hang around because we quite like being in Britain. Yeah. We're not actually going to move back to France at all. Yeah. Um, but so that, that, suits, was... that suits us, doesn't it? But what about... Uh, my contention is that the economy is... Despite the last eight years of austerity where the whole world has suffered, the economy is strong. We are at peace. We mm-hmm. are prosperous. We are better educated. We can travel as freely as we want. We can live, work, love wherever we want within Europe. What... What is it about all of those things that we want to toss overboard? And for what upside? Mm. That's what I well, don't get. No, I agree. And um, the upside is difficult to see at the moment. But, but again, well, because if you talk to people, they don't like the fact that we have become this kind of homogenous country inside a homogenous group of people. Which, by the way, the thing that we haven't mentioned here is that Europe as a project is not doing all that well. Mm-hmm. You know, our economy's done a lot better than Germany's, yeah. done a lot better than France's, yeah. done a lot better than Spain's. And despite how unpopular Theresa May was, and despite how unpopular the next Prime Minister will be, yeah. basically, here's a situation where you say, well, hello, hello, um, actually, Macron is less popular, so is Angela Merkel. On her way her, out. She's me. on her way yeah. out. Her yeah. whole kind of modus operandi yeah. has failed, it yeah. would seem. You know, there's people in Germany now worried about the rise of the far right yeah. because a million people came into the country yeah. when nobody was expecting Massive it. Massive mistake. Yeah. So, you know, the European project yeah. 
as such, which started off as a small club of economic kind of cooperation, yeah. has massively oversold itself and become something that it should never have been. I, listen, I don't wholly disagree with that. And I think you, you, the point we agreed on, we both agreed on earlier about Europe's opportunity to change, to recognise what everyone here is angry about and not just here, as you said. Yeah. You know, Spain and Greece have been brought to their knees economically yeah. by, by the euro. So, you know, which was very much forced upon them. For, yeah, and then dictated to them yeah. economically by Germany. But so there are huge problems, right? I don't dis- disagree with any of mm. that. I just think that our best chance to help fix them is to be at the table and to influence it. But before we move on to more disagreements, mm. you said the next prime minister is going to be yes. very unpopular. Yeah. Who is the next well, prime minister? Well, that's a very good question because we need to get on to this. Yeah. I tell you who I hope it isn't. Uh, I hope it isn't that bloke who used to be a very, very junior minister in the housing um, uh, department, who comes from somewhere down in Surrey, uh, who, as far as I'm concerned, I've interviewed him in the tent of shame. The, I can't even remember his name. Rory Not Rory Stewart. Stewart. No, yeah. Rory Stewart gets kind of flamboyant weirdo of yeah. the week award, you know, <laughs> for doing this kind I like of... Him. I mean, it's, well, people say that he's, he's now raised his profile, but in yeah. the most recent study, I think he was down to about 4%. Or well, so. People also, still I mean, never heard of him. He, but he does come across as a very considered, rational sort of guy, you know, and all of this interesting personality. Well, I don't know but about if that. You look, if you look at his voting record, from my point of view, yeah. it's, the, it's the usual Tory horror show. Well, he's yeah. basically talking about... He's, his only selling point is that let's try again with Theresa May's deal. Yeah. I mean, that's what he thinks is a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. So he's not even got the advantage of having anything new to so say. So put him to one so side. So let's put him to yeah. one side. Jeremy um, Hunt. Jeremy Hunt, I think, is just like Theresa May. Yeah. So he's the wrong figure altogether. Yeah. And he would be a disaster. Yeah. Because, again, this is a guy who doesn't know really what his convictions are. He doesn't do detail, does he? Well, well he doesn't do detail. But he doesn't he also, know whether his wife's Chinese well, or Japanese. Yeah, I mean, I could have told him that, yeah. you know, but he couldn't, he couldn't <laughs> seemingly remember. Then we've got, I mean, I don't know what it is about Tory ministers and foreign wives. We've got Dominic Raab with his Brazilian wife. Yes. Everybody keeps saying she's Brazilian, like that's supposed to be some kind of trigger. I don't know if it's a trigger word for anybody. I don't know. But, you know, they keep saying, and here's Dominic Raab with his Brazilian wife. I've seen a lot of women saying yeah. about Dominic Raab that they would... They would wouldn't mind swapping places with his right? wife. Yeah. Really? Which I don't get, I'm happy to say. No, me neither. He's a bit wooden for me. He's a bit wooden. He was yeah. on Question Time one night and yeah. he was very sort of talked in very much legalese. His next two things. He didn't. Yeah, he's karate black belt. Know, so you've he got to is, be yeah. careful what you say around yeah. him. Um, then you go to the other kind of um, minority type candidates. Andrea Ledsom, I don't think we're ready for another Tory woman. No. Um, who may or may not be a bit more flamboyant than Theresa I mean, she May. She seems too hardcore. I she think, does yeah, seem yeah. very cruel, doesn't she? She <laughs> looks like the sort of woman that in her spare time is yeah. burning children or something. And we'd be hanging banners out of windows yeah. and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So we're not really keen yeah. on her. Yeah. I mean, I think it's got to come down in the end to Boris Johnson. Yeah. Um, and Michael Gove, Gove yeah. probably. I yeah. find it fascinating, though, that Liz Truss has gone from being the greatest supporter of all time to Michael to Michael Gove to suddenly switching allegiance to uh, Boris Johnson. I've got a theory about that, which I'm not going to espouse to you because it could be libelous, but right. we'll get into that at some point okay. because I'm sure I might be proved as right soon about as this it. Mic is but it's off. a fascinating situation, yeah. that. And I think Boris Johnson is still the best chance they've got to put somebody with a bit of flair a bit of class, and for journalists it would be great fun. So, you know, oh, I'm not saying that, yeah. uh, because I, unlike you, 
I haven't gone over to the other side, you see. You <laughs> have forgotten that you're a journalist, right? You've forgotten how much fun this is. You've now become, become a kind of... An activist. Act, you can become an activist. You have. You know, you support this cause of new Europeanism, right? Yeah, yeah. Whereas I can look at things forensically yeah. and say, well, one, this would be great for me because this would be great for yeah. radio show phone-ins, right? Yeah. This is why I would like him in charge. And yeah. Boris Johnson fulfills all of that. I mean, the idea that he is not a details man that he doesn't read anything, yeah. that he makes jokes when he shouldn't and he's inappropriate. That would be pr- you're tremendous like, for you're me. You're like an Italian firefighter yeah. voting for Nero. Yes, <laughs> well, because, you know, business is business. Keep, keep it in work. Yeah, business is business. <laughs> what I don't want is somebody who's going to bore me to death, right, yeah. who's going to get would nowhere fast. Gove, I think, is not to be trusted. No, I don't trust him. You know, much. I think he's already stitched Boris up once. Yeah. And to stitch Boris Johnson up takes a bit of doing. Yeah. You know, and I don't like his wife very much, I'm afraid. Sarah Vine, I mean, Snitty doesn't even begin to cover it. And also, I've said this before, the idea that she tries to make him human by saying, he can't put the dish, he can't fill the dishwasher. I don't want somebody who can't fill the dishwasher running the country. I've got a problem with Michael Gove, because when the New European won press newspaper of the Mm. year in 2017, Michael Gove tweeted, whatever for the London Review of Books is far funnier (laughs) see that's a typical kind of yeah that's a typical Michael (laughs) see he thinks that's the joke and that tells you how out of touch he is with reality who's fucking heard of the London Review of Books I mean look so I'll tell you when he was brilliant do you remember when he stepped in for Theresa May uh Yes, Prime and he eviscerated Corbyn. Oh he was my God! Yeah. Absolutely oh, listen, him. he's a very smart yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. There is no doubt about that. I'm just deeply worried. You've got a, you've got a chancer. Well, they're both chancers. Mm. You've got both of them. Or I would question their integrity. You don't have to question Boris's integrity. It's all over the place. Yeah, I mean, he kind of puts himself out there yeah. as the guy who's not to be trusted. Yeah. Who you can't, who can't keep a secret. My God, what a sales pitch! I mean, I know. Yeah. But people, I've, I've had people say to me, well, of course. Why would you be surprised that, that, that Boris is untrustworthy? Yeah. What difference does it make that people like Matthew Paris go on Channel 4 News yeah. and say he's very unreliable, yeah. he lets people down, he's very selfish, you know, look at what he did to his own wife, all of that stuff. And people turn around and go, yeah, but that's just Boris, isn't it? Yeah. But who comes after Boris? You know, Mr Blobby? Well, I mean, what, where do we go with this? Yeah, I mean, I think what you have to remember as well is I know people have worked closely with him, but he's a very smart bloke, okay? Some of the buffoonery is a little bit kind of put on. Yeah. And I've been told by more than one person that the, the fluffy hair thing, he fluffs it up before he goes before every yeah. camera. It's good for the you know, image. Yeah, but he's not at all as stupid as he pretends to be. Oh, God, I don't think he, anyone thinks he's stupid. I think well, I think people reverse. think that he's gauche, yeah. that he kind of doesn't know when to say things. Yeah, he's bombastic. Which is the definition of somebody who's yeah. not that smart all if right. they kind of come out with stuff that they shouldn't come no, out with. No, I think he's dangerously smart. Yes. One person I don't think is dangerously smart is Sajid Javid. Yeah, I don't think we want him. No, no. I think he's like to the. Right I mean, anyone that goes not. team Sag, yeah, you the go Sag. really, yeah, honestly. No. I mean, it's like something you'd hear on Love Island, yeah. isn't it? Team Sag. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what that means, but you know, it's a, it's a ridiculous thought in a way yeah. that we're having to have this kind of battle of the nobodies to a large yeah. extent, yeah. and all these people who kind of you know, there's a couple of them in there who's li- literally whose names are somebody called Harper. Yeah. I don't know what he does. No. But, I mean, he's not getting my vote. And I know that they say, oh, it's all about positioning yourself for, you know, the possibility. And some of you saying, oh, Penny Morden, she might join. Well, get on with it. Just, it'd be quicker to list the ones that have decided not to. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's not Are a very... It's not a very... Well, some people have urged me to. This is what you say when <laughs> you're a politician. You know. No, no, not my bosses, no. <laughs> Sadly. No, a lot of the listeners have gone, why don't you run the country? You're full of common sense, which yes. is true, obviously. Yes. Um, but it's what they all say, isn't yeah. it? 
Well, some of my colleagues have urged me to stand, but I'm taking consideration <laughs> to see whether my family would like the intrusion, bloody, bloody, yeah. bloody, bloody. I couldn't imagine anything worse than being in that nest of vipers. No. I mean, I mean, journalists might be bad news to a lot of people, but they're a lot more trustworthy and reliable than bloody politicians. Okay. This Sorry. is the Thought Police. We'll have another one for you next week. knowingly thought okay this is a bad situation but I've got to see it through because of the will of the people yeah. to me and this is where we will disagree we live in a parliamentary a representative parliamentary democracy mm. where those guys are meant to look after us yeah you know and if we the people unknowingly or knowingly screw up there should be a mechanism in Parliament where we can be given a chance to readdress them for a very long time, many, many years before Europe was even constructed. And in fact, you know, it's not that long ago, it's only a generation or so ago, um, that people in Europe were attacking us, yes. right? So you've got to put all of that into the same mix. And I think to say that Britain is worthless and hopeless no, and useless without... You're doing, you see, you're doing this thing again. What? You're, I'm saying something fairly rational. <laughs> you're saying, no, what you just said is well, all right. Okay. scum. Well, all right. Boris Johnson fulfills all of that. I mean, the idea that he is not a details man, that he doesn't read anything, that he makes jokes when he shouldn't and he's inappropriate, that would be tremendous like, for me. You're like an Italian firefighter yeah. voting for Nero. Yes, well, because, you know, business is business. Keep, keep it in work. Yeah, business is business. <laughs> what I don't want is somebody who's going to bore me to death, right? Yeah. Who's going to get would nowhere fast. Gove, I think is not to be trusted. No, I don't trust him. You know, I think he's already stitched Boris up once, yeah. and to stitch Boris Johnson up takes a bit of doing. Yeah. Great. No, it's good. Very good.